Conversion is the part of social media strategy where you convince people who are curious about your account that they should commit to following. Likewise, it is the point where you filter out the people who would not be a good fit for your purpose. Conversion fits between outreach and retention. Outreach is you bringing people to your account. Conversion is convincing people to follow your account. And retention is serving them in a way that they stay as followers. Now, some enterprising entrepreneur is asking, where is the sales funnel where we drive home the sale and make some money? That's a good point, because we always will have to be thinking of how we will support our efforts to a bank that will not accept goodwill for the mortgage payment. The outreach, conversion, retention model is our first basic step to setting up our social media footprint. Next quarter, we will be adding a product line to our 2022 e-commerce setup and I will start to introduce sales aspects then. But that is for a little later. Right now, let's create a firm foundation for a basic social media account. My name is Bill Strand. By the end of this episode, if I've done my job right, you should have an awareness of the different elements that are important to turn visitors into followers, particularly for an account on Instagram. Conversion, at the top level, is getting visitors to convert to followers. Followers are the lifeblood of social media accounts, so we're constantly working on growing. There definitely is a limit to how many people are in your niche, so you could conceivably have a limit to how many followers you could get. But the active accounts on Instagram, or any social media, are dynamic. This means that a certain number of your followers will be letting their accounts go inactive. In fact, I came across a study that estimated that up to 30% of the accounts on Instagram are actually inactive. And there will always be new people coming to the platform. So we never really get them all. We're constantly losing followers and constantly presented with new potential followers. And by losing followers, I'm not just talking about people deciding to unfollow your account. I also mean that group of people who just don't log on to Instagram anymore. They are still counted as your follower, but they will not be engaging and won't be a customer of whatever you end up selling. So even though your follower count may still show them, you're still needing to replace them with new accounts that will be active. And add to that that we are definitely judged by our follower count. Regardless of how useful or engaging our followers are, how many we have is our standing in the community. But I am going to impress upon you another value in the conversion phase, and this is converting the right followers. This, of course, is a huge topic and one we are faced with, especially with Instagram pushing reels, which are the TikTok-like short-form videos, and an entertainment focus for the platform. We are being rewarded by more reach and more followers if we play the game and make entertaining reels. But is the person amused by your entertaining reel really a good customer for what your purpose is? This is where we have to be careful not to fall into the trap of just collecting followers. Because you can absolutely do that, and Instagram will be happy to feed that addiction. But you are putting an enormous amount of effort, but you are putting an enormous amount of effort into maintaining this account. Presumably, the purpose of this account is not just an ego boost. You're looking for people that will be customers of your product, whatever that product is. And I know it's difficult being measured by a metric that isn't in line with your purpose. 
This is something a number of us on Instagram have to grapple with. But you'll have to put the effort into making sure that you do not fill your follower roster by too many people that are not aligned with your purpose. Because there comes a point where you could end up creating an account for those people and you end up shortchanging yourself. Because a big Instagram account really only pays off in the end if the people following your account are also your customer base. So be mindful of the bait you put out there to bring people in. But also be mindful that your conversion stage only encourages the type of follower you want. So, okay, you keep hearing me say to convert the right followers. How do we do this? Well, in the last episode where I went over the outreach stage, I kept saying to create content that reflected what your account was about. Remember, your account purpose is the core reason why you are doing this. If you are selling geckos, you're wanting to attract people who either want to buy a gecko or else could be interested at a future date in buying a gecko. The people following your account because they are amused by lizards licking their eyeballs are nice to have around to fluff up the stats, but you don't want to cater to them. To be clear, they don't hurt you by being there, and they aren't taking up your time in the DMs, so they're not a danger in themselves. What is the slippery slope is if you get addicted to the follower number constantly jumping up and you allow yourself to make cuter and cuter videos to maintain that follower increase velocity. And what happens is you could easily be increasing your follower count by leaps and bounds of the entertained followers. But in doing that, you aren't noticing that the serious followers are dropping off quietly because they just aren't being fed. You are serving more and more cotton candy when they were there for the steak and potatoes. What I'm saying is to keep in mind that the bank doesn't care how many followers you have. Keep your focus on the steak and potatoes followers. One of those is worth 100 of the cotton candy followers. The way you do this in the conversion phase is simply by being crystal clear as to what your account offers. For my chameleon husbandry account, I make it very clear I'm teaching people how to take care of chameleons in captivity. If you want cute chameleon videos, well, I have a couple here and there, but my profile makes it clear that that is not what the account is about. If you think we shouldn't be keeping pets at all, then I want to make sure you know that this is not the account for you. Not that I will keep them from following. They are welcome to follow. I only have to kick people off if they are interfering with the ambiance on my account. But they are of no use to my purpose, so they'll likely unfollow. By being upfront as to what my account is about, I'm nipping that in the bud. What I want is to communicate exactly what I provide my followers and what they're going to find on their feed if they follow. And that is chameleon pictures and husbandry tips and hints. But don't look at this as a way to warn people off. Look at conversion as a way to get the people looking for what you have to offer extra excited that they have found something they will enjoy. Now, talking at this high philosophical level is all well and good, but there isn't much actionable here. So it's time that we dive into executable steps. We are taking our present social media platform of choice, Instagram, and we're going to construct a conversion strategy using those tools. First, we need to identify where conversion happens. This is anywhere that there is a follow button. While it's true that the decision to become a follower can happen anywhere, we will focus on the locations where it's possible to follow through with that decision immediately. Presently, on the Instagram platform, you have a handful of places where the follow button appears. 
And if you're thinking you need to take some mental notes as to where you're going to be showing up, then yes, you're right. These are the do or die points on Instagram. One, the suggested posts in a person's feed. You'll notice that in your feed, you scroll through a bunch of posts from accounts you follow and sponsored posts. But once you've scrolled long enough, Instagram starts showing you suggested posts. These posts come from the algorithm believing that you will enjoy the content of this account based on your behaviors with other accounts. If you are voraciously following and engaging with other chameleon accounts, then you might be shown the latest post or one of the more successful posts from my Chameleon Academy account. Instagram does this to keep you interested and promoting more community. Suggested posts will have a follow button. This is the only time you get a follow button on your feed. Not even sponsored posts get a follow button. So this is pretty special. For your post to show up on somebody else's feed, you are curated and selected because the Instagram algorithm thinks that you and the viewer are a good match. And so this is a very good reason to be consistent with your content subject matter and know that each of your posts may be the one exposure someone has to your account. And the more people follow right there or check out your account because of this post, the more people the algorithm will show your content to. The Instagram algorithm is as addicted to successful connections as we are to our follower count. And we both get excited and try to make it happen again and again. Now, I don't want to go too far out on a tangent here, but current events demand I do. Suggested posts are a powerful way to promote community and for you to get discovered by potential followers. Instagram just rolled out new feed options where you can see posts that are not curated by the algorithm. The following and favorites feed options just show posts chronologically from the accounts you follow. No curation, and no showing you more of what your behavior says you want to see. Since these new feed options remove the algorithm, there are no suggested posts. So anyone using these new feed options creates an island for themselves where they see new accounts only if they think to go to the Explorer page. Any feed option that removes the algorithm greatly reduces the opportunity for anyone in the community to grow. This is why these new feed options are a huge deal for any of us who want organic growth. Although I'm not seeing sponsor posts in the following feed just yet, I can guarantee you that if people embrace the following feed option, then sponsored posts will start showing up there because Instagram is not about to lose money on this feature. What will be killed is organic reach. And that means you're going to have to pay to get in front of new accounts. That is not a fun situation. Anyway, you can be sure I'm watching the situation carefully. But the overall takeaway right now is that any one of your posts can inspire an immediate follow. The second place is on the Explore page. Non-followers will also find your content if they type in search terms. Your posts will come up in an image grid, and if your image or video is selected for a closer look, then the person, if they're not following you already, will be presented with a follow button. Once again, your outreach post can become a conversion opportunity. And here's where the big debate over hashtags is. Instagram seems to want to downplay the importance of hashtags, but that is the way that your post shows up under the right search. Yes, I have seen some posts show up under search terms without hashtags, 
but it's very hard to consistently control that. If I put down hashtag chameleons, I can go straight to hashtag chameleons as a search term, and there my post will be. This is not the case if I don't use hashtags, so I'm a big encourager of hashtags until we find the Instagram keyword SEO software is working so well that I can make a post show up under a relevant search term without using hashtags. As of March 2022, we aren't there yet. The third place where there's a follow button is notifications when you follow someone else. So yeah, when you follow someone else, they will get a notification that you are now following them and the opportunity to follow you back. I do not consider this a strategy for growth. In fact, the whole follow-unfollow trend sprung up from this. What people would do is follow 100 accounts or 1,000 accounts and then unfollow those accounts a day later. And there are apps that will do this automatically for you. The idea was that at least some of those people would reciprocate and follow you back, and they would not know that you unfollowed them. This was called the follow-unfollow game, and people who do this are generally not well thought of. In fact, if Instagram catches you doing this, they may penalize you. It is a ridiculous strategy, and I bring it up only to oppress upon you to never do the follow-unfollow game. But the notification section is a place where a follow button will appear, so I'm just making my list comprehensive. And finally, there is a follow button on your profile. And this is the place which is the most powerful conversion site on Instagram. If you have interested someone enough that they are checking out your profile, then you have a hot lead. A follow from someone who has checked out your profile is a strong follow. If you have done your job right, a glance at your profile has given them an understanding of what you are about and they are making an educated decision. There is a rich tool set on your profile page that you can use to communicate what you are all about. This is where you want to focus serious effort to optimize. The second half of this episode is going to be highlighting each and every part of the profile and how to effectively use it. So let's get to optimizing your profile for conversion. In the past, we've talked about optimizing your profile for discoverability. And that is where you use keywords in your bio so that the algorithm knows what you're about and who to show your account to. This is choosing your name strategically and carefully selecting the words you use. That is part of the outreach strategy. But now let's talk about the conversion aspect of your profile. What does it take to first make your profile look inviting and second to communicate what you're all about? The first impression you will give is the overall look of your Instagram profile. There is a lot packed into that little profile screen, but when you break it down, you may be surprised with how little there really is. For first impressions, you have your profile picture, the shape of the text in your bio, your story highlights, and the newest three posts in your feed. That first impression is not any one of these elements, but them all taken in together. To understand this, just browse various accounts on Instagram from hobbyists to professionals and take note of the feeling you get when you first see someone's profile. Different approaches give different feelings. Go to an interior design business account and you're likely to get a feeling of every element complementing the other in both color scheme and composition. Go to the standard hobbyist reptile keeper and you may get the feeling of all these randomly placed items. Do not waste time judging these feelings. The polished profile and the thrown together profile produce different feelings. 
Which one serves your purpose best? How professionals do you want to appear? Remember, there's value in presenting yourself as you are. The more professional you appear, the more intimidating you can be to the casual person. The less professional you appear, the less serious you'll be taken. Where is the balance that you are searching for? Somewhere in the middle is the combination that says organized small business, which gives the feeling of trust and integrity, but maintains the open door welcome. Now, there's no formula as to how to achieve any of these levels because each business is unique. Your job is to get familiar with as many other businesses on the same level as you want to be seen and then scroll through them until you hit on that initial feeling that matches who you are as a business and then spend some time analyzing why that profile gave you the right feeling so you can replicate it. Obviously, don't just copy anything got to make it your own, but this is a way that you can know what feeling you're looking for. Now, there are a number of elements on your profile to consider. I'm going to go over them as they appear from top to bottom on your profile screen. The first is your profile picture. The most challenging and strategic item on this profile is your profile picture. This little round image is attached to every stage of your account activity, so it carries the most weight. But it is so small that you can't just put up any image. Once again, just scroll through your feed and get a feel for the profile pictures that make an impact to you. Many are small and complicated, so you aren't sure what's in them. Those don't work so well. Here's where your profile picture needs to be simple but impactful. Some hints that you may consider are using a very simple headshot of you with the background removed, so it's just you against a solid color. The contrast makes you visible even when you're shrunk down into a tiny circle on a smartphone screen. This can also be done with a picture of a reptile or object which represents your account. A business logo that has a good contrast will work as well. You can try out different things and see how they look. As small as the profile picture is, it will be a huge part of the first impression of your account, so it's worth making it impactful. Next is your username. Your Instagram username is the, well, username of your account. This is what is presented with your profile picture at the top of every post of yours that shows up on someone else's feed or when your account comes up in a search. So it's worth putting some thought into making the username one that reflects what your account is about. Chameleon Academy. Reptile Entrepreneur. If this is the first time hearing about those accounts, you'd get a pretty good sense for what those accounts are about. I am not the only Chameleon Academy on Instagram, though. There are accounts that do IT instruction, hairstyling, basketball training, manners training, tech training, all under the name Chameleon Academy. But when someone searches for the word chameleon, what do you think they're looking for? And if you're looking for training in hairstyling, what do you think the chances are that you'll type in chameleon? Probably not high. So take this new account when you're deciding what your username will be. Though remember, you also have a name field that shows up in the search that allows you to expand on who you are. So if your business name doesn't include a searchable keyword, that's fine. You can still use your business name as the username because you get the name field. I know it's confusing all of these name titles, but you get a name field where you can be more descriptive. And the third one down is that name field. And yes, this is where the terminology starts to get confusing. We have username and name. 
So the username is the account name, and there are limitations to that. No one can have the same account name. So no one can have the same username. This is why you see variations on words with underscores and periods. Now you have a lot more freedom with the name field. And the name field shows up on your profile and in the search function. So you can use this to better explain your account. I know it's intuitive to use your company name for your username and then your company name for your name because that's your name, right? But I suggest you take advantage of the fact that your name will never be seen without your username. So there's no reason to repeat what you have as your username. For example, for my Chameleon Academy, if that is my username, and then I use that as my name as well, then in the search function, when someone types in Chameleon, I will always show up as Chameleon Academy, Chameleon Academy. And that adds no value. But if I change my name field to learn about Chameleon Care, then my account shows up in any search as Chameleon Academy, learn about Chameleon Care. So you get the name of my account as well as the user benefit of my account. So ask yourself, what do you want to communicate with this very valuable piece of digital real estate? While you're thinking about that, keep in mind that you are limited to two name changes in 14 days, so use some pencil and paper until you're happy with the result. You have 30 characters to play with, and spaces count. So once you've gone through all that analysis and you're happy with what you've come up with, that's when you do the change. And here are some options to consider. You can put in who you are. If your username already states your company name, then you can put your personal name in the name field. I mean, if that's important. Is your name well known enough in the industry that it's worth putting it at that place? If it's not important, give more information about your service. For example, if your business name is Acme Geckos, then that's your username, and your name can be your name if you're well known in the industry, or if there's another reason for tying your name into it. For example, for the Reptile Entrepreneur Instagram account, my username is Reptile Entrepreneur, and my name field is Bill Strand Startup Support. I want to message that I do startup support, but since I have a consulting business, it is important that my name is attached for connection to this account. So that's the reason why I use this space for my name. But there is a strategy behind it. You notice for my Chameleon account, I don't have my name there. Although my name is important in connection with that account, I wanted to use that digital real estate to communicate the benefit that I offer. And we don't have to go too deeply into this. And we don't have to go too deeply into this. But this reflects who my ideal follower is. For the reptile entrepreneur, I'm looking for somebody more sophisticated and more involved in the reptile community who is more likely, and this is a person who is much more likely to be concerned about where the information is coming from. Who am I? So they're going to want to know about me. For the Chameleon Academy, I'm looking for people that are new to the chameleon world. And so my name doesn't necessarily mean much to them. What they want to know is what my account offers them. They'll learn about my name soon enough. But when they're making that decision to follow, my name is not an important consideration. So yes, your other option is to use that name field to communicate the benefit you offer. In previous episodes, I've said to use the first line of your bio to express the value you are giving to your potential followers. This way, they know exactly upfront what they will get if they tap that follow button. The golden rule is to always communicate what's in it for them as soon as possible. Well, if your username is already communicating 
who you are, then let's not repeat that information and make the name field the first line of your bio to communicate the user benefit of following your account. This is much more powerful because it will now be traveling with your username that shows up in any searches. In a sea of accounts that merely repeat their username, yours will stand out simply because it's communicating a user benefit. And once again, the quicker you communicate that benefit, the better. The next element of your profile is the bio. If a potential follower has gotten to your bio, then your profile picture and name line have done a pretty good job so far. Your bio needs to close the deal. The effective strategy that I mentioned above that I like to advise is to use your first line to communicate what benefit they will receive by following you. Then, why you are the one qualified to provide that benefit. And then, how you propose to provide that benefit. Close up the bio by giving them an action item such as follow this account for the latest in chameleon husbandry. Your one goal with your bio is to accurately and in the most simple terms possible describe what you offer with your account. I recognize this can be tricky to figure out. If you're just posting pictures of all the dart frogs you raise up and have for sale, then you may not see any deeper promise you can make about your account. The good news is that you don't have to have a deep promise. It can literally be as simple as enjoying dart frogs in their life, or something like that. Your goal is not to drum up some elaborate marketing description of your account and world-changing mission. It's to accurately describe what you will provide with your account. You're not trying to con people into following your account. At this point, you already have their attention. You want to be as accurate as possible, so when they do hit the follow button, they will be happy with what they see on their feed in the coming weeks. By coming to your profile in the first place, they are already thinking about following you. Your goal with your bio is to make sure that if they do follow you, they won't simply unfollow you when your next post hits their feed. Now, in actual execution, when you're typing out your bio, remember to use spaces and line breaks to break up the wall of text. Don't make your audience commit to making an effort to reading your writing, until you convince them you are worth following. Sounds like a lot of work for just 150 characters, right? Well, in today's social media world, it's amazing how intimidating 150 characters can be. Just check out a random selection of bios, and you can see how some arrangements are inviting and easy to read, while others are just a paragraph, and nobody has time for that in this scroll, scroll, scroll world. Remember, the visitor to your account knows that there is a cute dog video waiting for them. As soon as anything in your account looks less appealing than a Shiba Inu running around in circles, you will be left behind. Now, at the end of your bio, you have the ability to put in an external link to anywhere on the internet. Instagram is very firm that they do not like external links. The only places you can have links are one link on your bio, in your DMs, or with a special sticker on your stories. And that special sticker is new. Up until last year, you weren't able to use a link in stories unless you had at least 10,000 followers. Restricting external links to one in the bio actually led to the creation of a totally new class of products called the BioLinks, or link aggregators. The most famous is Linktree, which allows you to use your one link and it goes to a web page hosted by your link aggregator and it shows your collection of links. This is great for people with many social media outreaches, but no website. 
And this is a good way to show that your Instagram is actually only one aspect of your reach. You can send somebody to your YouTube channel, your on-demand t-shirt printer, or any other place on the web. This is a great way to show the visitor what you all have to offer. But I hesitate to make the link sound too attractive in your bio because it takes your visitor away from the follow button. For example, I have a link to my huge website on Chameleon Husbandry on my Chameleon Academy Instagram account. If a visitor to my profile taps that link, they will be taken to a world full of chameleon knowledge, hints, tips, and multimedia tutorials. There is so much there, I wonder how many of those visitors actually come back to the Instagram account to tap the follow button. It's like coming to the end of your sales presentation, and right before everyone signs the contract, you call for a pool party. Yes, it's very good to communicate that your outreach is wider than just this account, but I suggest doing so in a way that lets them know that there are other resources available if they like what they see on your account. It's a delicate balance to try and let them know what great resources you have for them, but also not sending them off right away. I attempt this tightrope walk by having a link to my website under the words, link goes to website. And then I wait to hype up the website in my stories and DMs to the people who have already hit the follow button. I am concerned that if I presented it as, quotes, tap here for the most amazing chameleon experience ever, that my potential followers would check it out and forget to come back. I don't have any studies or numbers to support or assuage my concern, so I present this for whatever it's worth. The positive part about this, if you share my concern, is that people hesitate to leave their platform. If they want to spend their time on Instagram, scrolling away and finding new accounts, they're not in the mindset to click away to some website. Believe me, the number of times people ask me for advice on Instagram and hesitate to go to my website link, which has enormous amounts of information, is surprising. I have taken to creating on-Instagram resources in the guides specifically because of this dynamic. So it isn't like the link in your bio will be sucking visitors off into space just by being there, but you do want to make sure that it isn't distracting them from tapping the follow button. Anyway, we will go into more deeply into how to use the link in your bio in the next episode, which is on the retention phase, as that is how I see it being the most useful. The next thing on your profile are your story highlights. This is a visual world, and story highlights are another powerful visual tool for your profile. Stories, which is another feature, allows you to post things which will disappear in 24 hours. This is used for casual posting and sharing with your audience things which wouldn't be worth a full post. It's a way to connect on a more day-to-day, -day, intimate basis, and it's a powerful tool in the retention phase that we're going to go over in the next episode but Instagram allows you to group together select story posts into what they call story highlights, which will not expire after 24 hours and can be stored on your profile with a cover image. While story highlights can include a collection of all the things you had for lunch in the month of May 2019, they can be used much more effectively in the conversion phase by making a stories highlight that talks about what your account offers or further sells your account's value. Take a look at the Chameleon Academy account, where I made a story highlight entitled, Start Here, and it gives a tour of the benefits of my account. The Start Here was made specifically to convert non-followers to followers. If they are on the edge enough to take a look at the story highlights after reading the bio, they are truly interested, and a strategically constructed story highlight 
may be the final push they need. So have fun with the story highlights feature, but consider using the first spot or three for talking about the benefits of your account. The last thing you see on your profile is your feed grid, and this is the final tool in your conversion phase. Your visitor coming to your profile will see the three of your latest posts. And this is something that you'll fill every day with whatever you generally post, so it's good that your potential follower will see an example of what they'll get. Since your grid refreshes with every post you do, it's a very dynamic part of your profile. And it's nice that this is arranged this way because your visitor sees exactly what they're going to get. And just a side note, this is why you can't necessarily attribute your follower count to the post it is counted on. In the analytics for each post, it tells you how many people followed your account after seeing that post. All well and good, and the majority of that number will have followed you because of that post, but you don't know how many of those follows took the long route and went through your profile and checked out your grid. That post may simply be the last post they tapped after the bio and story highlights did their job. But there's nothing we can do about that right now. The action item for your grid, as far as conversion goes, is to be consistent with the topic of your posting. And finally, direct messages. You may or may not have thought about direct messages or DMs as a conversion tool. This is the private conversations going on behind the scenes. DMs are grouped under three buckets, primary, general, and requested. The requested bucket is where messages from people you don't follow get put. The requests there are broken up into top requests and all requests. Don't focus so much about how Instagram decides which of these two buckets to classify an incoming message. You need to check both as replying to a DM is the fastest way to convince someone on the fence that they should follow you. It's that personal touch that makes all the difference in the world. If it's appropriate, you actually have a microphone button, which allows you to send voice recordings of up to one minute as a reply to someone in your DMs. That's not always the best way to respond, but if it's an appropriate way, it is a way to establish a closer relationship. So consider that a tool in your arsenal. The bottom line is that conversion is directly related to the value you provide. This can be in the form of the value of your content all the way to how you personally connect through DMs. Social media is, after all, all about relationships. So where does this leave us? Hopefully this shines a light on the next step after outreach. Outreach tends to get all the attention, but it is, obviously, important to have a plan for what to do with the people who are intrigued by your outreach. You want them to sign the guest book and stay for the party. So this week, give some thought as to what visitors will find when they check out your account. Does it give a good first visual impression? Does a first glance at the profile make the benefit you provide obvious? Does the story's highlights offer the opportunity for your visitor to dive deeper if they want to learn more about you? The better you communicate, and the more simple information you can offer in your profile, the more confident you will make non-followers in their decision to tap the follow button. The next phase of our social media strategy is what happens after they tap the follow button. That is, retention. The retention phase is the most simple, at least in concept. It's delivering on the promise we made in the outreach and conversion phases. And that should be simple if our promise was based on exactly what it is we provide day to day. But the execution of that isn't necessarily as simple as understanding what we want to do. 
Consistently living up to our promise takes enormous creativity, discipline, and time to pull off, and the deliverables need to keep flowing. Luckily, there are tools made specifically for creating a great experience within Instagram, so we're going to spend the next episode focusing on those. This has been a lot to chew on, and it may seem like we are making Instagram very complex. I mean, does it have to be more than posting your favorite lizard in a different pose every day? And the answer is, yeah, it can be that simple, but that's also aimless. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, that is guided by your whim of the day, and it goes wherever your feelings go. We all know that isn't the way to build a business. For a business, you need direction and vision for where you are going. And you need to understand all the tools available so you can carry out a strategy that will ensure you get the results you need to better your life. So if you want significant results from Instagram, or any tool for that matter, you have to go deeper into its use. The more you invest in your planning and strategy, the better the results you will get. And if you are listening to tutorials on Instagram, I think we can agree that you are interested in those results. So give your profile a tune-up where it's needed, and let's keep your social media presence running at peak performance. Thank you very much for joining me here, and please join me on the Reptile Entrepreneur Instagram account, where I have regular posts and stories on things going on in the Instagram world. I'd love to hear of your experiences on Instagram, so please do not feel shy about DMing me and sharing what you are seeing. This is Bill Strand signing off. I wish you a wonderful week. Please take care of yourself, take care of our reptile community, and let's see what we can build.